0: Please rise. Now, to him who has loved us and has called us to be kings and priests with his own blood, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this morning comes from Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin, once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin, and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Thus far, God's holy word. You may be seated. In the name of him in whose death we are united that we might gain life dear fellow redeemed during the civil war a man named george wyatt was drawn by a lot to go to the front lines he had a wife and six children a young man named richard pratt offered to go in his stead he was accepted and joined the ranks bearing the name and number of George Wyatt. Before long Pratt was killed in action. The authorities later sought again to draft George Wyatt into service. He protested, entering the plea that he had died in the person of Pratt. He insisted that the authorities consult their own records as to the fact of his having died in the identification with Pratt, his substitute. Wyatt was thereby exempted as beyond the claims of law and further service. He had died in the person of his representative. And it's there that we have the truth of the identification of a Christian in a nutshell. God's way of deliverance is through death, through identification with our substitute in his death and resurrection. This Sunday our focus has been on the sacrament of holy baptism. For most of us, our baptism took place when we were babies and we do not remember it. But this saving gift from God is much more than just an isolated event when we were babies. The gift of baptism has lasting effects that change your life to this day. The day that you were baptized, you died. Not physically, of course, but as Paul says, to sin. Every day since, your baptism plays an active role in your life, reminding you that you no longer belong to a life of sin, but rather a life worthy of God's children. Paul begins chapter 6 by completing his thought. the law of God serves as a mirror. It shows us the true nature of our sin, how we have failed to live up to God's standard in the slightest. It shows that we can try our best, but even our best will not even come close to perfection. The law reveals sin after sin after sin until our hearts are revealed to be what they truly are, nothing other than a darkened, Hardened stone at enmity with God. Wherever we go, whatever we do, sin abounds in our lives because we are utterly sinful. But then there's the gospel, the good news. Where that sin abounds, God's grace abounds all the more. The worst sin, the most frequent sinner can find God's grace to cover their record of sin. There is no sin too dark, no deed too immoral that cannot be forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. And at your baptism, this gospel laid its foundation in your heart. It broke through the hardened and blackened stone of sin and replaced it with the heart of love the same love that your savior that drove your savior to the cross to die you are the recipient of a totally new heart one that desires to do what god wills one that is eternally grateful to him who shed his innocent blood so that god's grace may cover you does it feel like you have a new heart maybe not all the time Often we find ourselves still struggling to adhere to the law of God. We neglect to do the things that God wants us to do, and we stumble into or full-on dive into the sins that God does not want us to commit. Worse than that, have you ever uttered what Paul asks in verse 1? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? This certainly appears to be the modus operandi of many Christians today. In fact, it can happen to the most faithful, the sturdiest of people. What does it matter that I steal this piece of gum from my brother? I'll ask for forgiveness at church on Sunday. Who cares if I talk badly about my fellow Christians or my co-workers? Yeah, it's wrong to gossip, but... I'm covered by God's grace anyway. An easy and destructive mindset for any Christian to fall into. Paul is adamant against this behavior. By no means. How can we who die to sin still live in it? To treat sin like it's no big deal when you already have, because you already have God's grace, means to despise everything. God did to give you that grace. Jesus died for my sin? Well, I might as well rack up as many as I can then. My baptism washed me clean and made me a child of God? Well, that's what's important in the end, so I might as well live like a child of the world in the meantime. That is what we are doing when we deliberately walk into sin's trap. We are despising the gospel. We are despising our God. What then shall we say? Is this not the path that we all find ourselves walking at one point or another? Paul says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him, by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. We know that our old self was crucified with him, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin, for one who has died has been set free from sin. Remember your baptism? You died that day. You died to sin. That is not to say that you will never sin again because you are baptized. But rather, because you have been baptized, you are set free from sin's dominion. God has given you the Holy Spirit to drown your sinful flesh, adhere to what God desires for you, and to live a life of thanksgiving to the God who saved you." How did you die to sin? Well, it's nothing of your own power. Rather, you have been united into death with your Savior. Here is the power behind your baptism. When Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world, your baptism places you right there with him on the cross your sins on his shoulders, you dying vicariously through him. Similar to how George Wyatt was counted as dead via his substitute, Richard Pratt, you are counted as having died for your sins via your substitute, Jesus Christ. It was your simple, decrepit nature that was on that cross with Jesus, It was nailed by God's justice. And while Jesus was taken from the cross, laid in a tomb, your sinful self was not. It remains nailed to the cross of your Savior, never to leave there for eternity. And you, on the other hand, you were buried with Christ. Through your baptism, you are laid to rest with him, the payment complete, the sins of yourself and the world destroyed by his suffering. And as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, even so, you, me, and all of God's hosts will see the dawning day of Christ's return and be resurrected to that blessed eternal life. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is what it means to be set free, that is to be justified from sin. You are are declared not guilty because you died. You died to sin, but alive to Christ. Death could not contain God. He destroyed death's power because he died to sin. He paid for the punishment, and therefore God raised him from the dead. And this is what your baptism gives you, namely the claim to Jesus as your substitute. The guarantee that you have died to sin and you are alive to God through Him. What does this mean for people like you and me who continue to fall into sin and fail to live up to God's law? Remember your baptism. Remember what it means. It is not a symbol. It is not a washing of dirt from the body. It is not some ritual that you went through as a baby just because. No, it was God's power working in you and through you. It is God's abundant grace that places you on the cross with Christ, lays you in the tomb with Jesus, and raises you up with your Savior. By remembering the power that is behind your baptism, God gives you the strength to ward off Satan's attacks. He dispels complacency within you and gives you the earnest desire to accomplish what God desires for you. You have been given life through death, the death of your Savior. But by your baptism, this death becomes your very own. His burial becomes your very own. His resurrection and his life eternal your very own possession, right here, right now. I'm not sure if George Wyatt could get away with his excuse of already being dead in today's world. But you do not have to have an excuse, because you have died to sin, but are alive to God forever. Thanks be to our God for this wonderful gift of holy baptism. In Jesus' name, amen. Please rise. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue with our next two verses of hymn of response.